Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes, hey, well, good morning, Church for All Nations. My name is Pastor J.F. Wilkerson. So honored that you would join us today on this October Sunday. It is fall. It is chilly outside. We've had the rains, man, the Northwest. Here we are. It's fall and I love this time of year. Leaves are changing. There's pumpkins. I mean, that's just great. So hope you're enjoying your October thus far. And just so honored that you would spend part of your weekend with us. We are just, uh, we're just humbled to know that so many people watch from all over uh, this neighborhood, this community, the Northwest, the nation, and beyond. And so just want to say hello from wherever you're watching. Maybe you're with your family right now or with, and with your loved ones, or maybe you're alone, wherever you're at. Uh, we're reminded today that the church is so expansive. The church isn't contained by four walls and a roof. The church is you and it's me and it goes forward because there's one church and it's his church and we're a part of it. So grateful that we can gather today. Hey, you just saw the trailer there. We're continuing our series entitled Stranger Stories. And really the heart behind this series is we've been looking at a few different stories throughout scripture that are just, I don't know how else to say it. They're strange. They're different. Uh, They don't get taught that often on a Sunday. Uh, But we know that everything in scripture is is God's word. It's, It's breathed by him. And it's always been intended for us to not only learn about different biblical characters, or, but really to learn principles. And even in these strange stories that we've been looking at, uh, there's truth and there's principle and there's life application. And so today we're going to continue this series. Last week we talked a little bit. I mean, I barely scratched the surface. I wish we had more time, but I spent a little bit of time on uh, the life of the prophet Elisha. And uh, if you missed that, it's part of his story that's bizarre. It's just strange. It involves bears and killing of children. Okay, I just don't know how else to say it, but it's in scripture in the book of Isaiah, so, or excuse me, 2 Kings. So make sure uh, if you missed that, you can check that out. But, but today I'm really excited uh, to teach about a young teenage girl. In fact, this is one of Pastor Ashley's most favorite uh, Bible stories uh, in the scriptures, which is, is kind of bizarre to me because it's a wild story. And uh, her name was Yael, all right? So just to kind of paint a picture uh, about Yael, I want you to think Yael, not so much in the sense of the Disney princess Cinderella. Uh, try to get the idea more of a, uh, an action hero, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it, but that's, if, if you want to kind of get a foundation of the type of young woman Yael was, yeah, think Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider. That's all. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there, okay? Um, but this is, this is an interesting story, and there's some real uh, application here, and it's my one of my wife's favorite stories. And I think maybe, I think maybe because it involves girl power. Okay, that's just what I'm saying there. Which I'm a, I'm a. Uh, what, what's the term? The, the new term right now for fathers of daughters. 
there's like a cool term. You know what I'm talking about? Like a, uh, whatever. We'll, we'll get to it later. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad of a daughter, so I, I love stories like this. But the, if, you, if you turn to your Bibles, Judges is where we're going to be looking today. And I love how in Scripture, uh, when we read people's names, the names aren't just names because they sounded great. The names were chosen by families and in some cases by God because the name was so full of meaning. And uh, in Scripture, when we read names, uh, the Lord or the person's parents were trying to communicate more than just a name, but rather uh, who that person truly, truly was. And I love in Judges chapter 5, verse 24. By the way, if, if you want to write down the title of this sermon, I just titled this, The Teenager and the Tent Spike. Okay, there it is. The Teenager and the Tent Spike. I told you it's a strange story. And maybe you've probably never heard that title in a sermon before, but go ahead and write that down. But turn to Judges chapter 5, and we're also going to be looking predominantly at Judges chapter 4. But in verse 24 of Judges 5, uh, scripture describes this young woman named Yael. Scripture says, verse 24, most blessed among women is Yael. Now, I know it's spelled jail, okay? But <laughs> the original language, it's pronounced Yael. And Scripture says the, mo the most blessed among Women is Yael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. May she be blessed above all women who live in, live in tents. It's interesting right there. Hey, listen, we all want to be blessed, don't we? We all want to be called blessed. And we read here, that's exactly what Scripture describes as this young woman. So today I want to look at this strange story and see what we can learn from the life of Yael to help us walk in the calling and blessings of the Lord. We pick up in Judges chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, turn one chapter before 5 and turn to chapter 4. Where we see Deborah. Deborah is a judge and she's a prophet who is leading Israel. Israel at the time in history is being tormented by the bad guys who are named the Canaanites. And Canaan is being led by a, game, a guy named Sisera. It's important that you say it like that because Sisera, his name has the meaning too. Sisera, who's the bad guy, his name actually meant serpent. Now, I don't know what kind of parent right? I think he shall be called serpent. Okay, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go into that depth of commentary this week, but that, that, is, that is what the bad guy's name here, Sisera, that's what it means. It means serpent. So, so, so Canaan, the bad guys, are being led by this guy named Sisera, and Deborah, who's leading the good guys, if you will, her name means honeybee, all right? Once again, it's, an, it's interesting, but I, I like that though. I'm going to name her honeybee. So you have, you have Sisera, 
whose name means serpent of the bad guys, the Canaanites. Then you have Deborah, the, the spiritual leader of Israel. She's, she's the, the prophet. Uh, she's a judge. And her name is Honeybee. And she calls uh, the leader of Israel's army, this is the good army, uh, into her, into her uh, area. And his name, this leader, his name is Barack. Not Barack Obama. This is Barack in the Old Testament, okay? Barack. And I love what Barack's name means, and that is lightning. Come on now. Barack's name, the leader of Israel's army, the good guys, his name means lightning. And all of that's really important because it kind of plays out in this story. Let's, let's pick up there. Judges chapter 4, starting in verse 6. She, being Deborah, Deborah sent for lightning the son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali and said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel commands you, go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Serpent, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Verse 8. Barak said to her. Now underline what he says here. Because this is important. Barak said to her. Lightning said to her. If you go with me. I will go. But if you don't go with me. I won't go. So lightning is scared to fight without honeybee. Just saying. Love it. And if you look at the next passage, Deborah says to Barak, because you've decided not to trust in the Lord, because you've decided not to be obedient, because you decided not to do what he's commanded, you won't get the honor or the glory for this battle that's about to incur. And, and you should know that this battle is going to be fought and this battle is going to be the Lord's and it's going to be, win, be won. But Barak, because you made this decision, you will not get the glory for it. So the question to ask yourself when you're desiring to walk in and walk out the calling of God on your life and the blessings that come with it, you have to ask yourself this question, and that is, what is in my heart? Write that down. What is in my heart. This is the first question you have to ask yourself when you're desiring to walk in the calling and the blessing of God. Who am I trusting? And not only who am I trusting or what am I trusting, how am I actively trusting? Active trust is more than just trust. Hello, I don't want to sound rudimentary, but it's one thing to say, I, I, I trust you. It's another thing to actively allow that to manifest in your life. To, to, to actively trust is the next layer of trust. To rely on something or someone, it requires an active trust. And Barak knew that Deborah had heard from the Lord, but he was afraid to act. Are you actively trusting? A few years ago, I... Uh, 
had the opportunity to climb Mount Rainier with a handful of guys, and there was a lot of training that went involved. And I'd never done anything like that before, and I've, I've talked about it often because it's essentially the only incredible physical feat I've ever done in my life, and I'm not going to lie, I'm never going to do it again. So I like to use this picture and illustrations as, as much as I can in my sermons because, I don't know, it was a good day. <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember the training, and I remember uh, the whole year it took to really prepare for it. And I can remember uh, learning the different techniques. And I can remember learning from different instructors. And, but it was different when we actually got up there. You know what I'm talking about? It was like, yeah, I've been taught all this stuff. And then I was actually 10,000 feet up. And it was, it was game on, right? And the one thing that they talked about were these crevasses. Now, on, on Mount Rainier, they have these crevasses, which are uh, land masses that on, on the uh, mountain, they, they split open, right, because of the, the shift. And it's an active volcano, so, so, so it's always kind, of, always kind of moving around. And so what happens in the ice, the ice will crack open and, and separate, and, and you can have 1,000, 2,000-foot drops, and people... Um, perish in between those all the time and so this happens throughout the climbing season and so because of that mountaineers they use these you know 10 foot ladders and they tie them together essentially to make bridges and you know where I'm going with this right and so they they taught us that uh, we may have to cross some of these (laughs) ladder bridges if you will and to when you begin to cross it, you have to go back to your training and you have to trust, here we are, trust in exactly uh, what you've been taught, the gear, the harness that's around you, and your lead guide. We all had a lead guide. And so we got up there and we had left base camp at midnight and we were going to climb eight straight hours to the top in the middle of the night in the dark in 35 mile an hour winds. They left that part out on the website. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, we get up there and the way you, you, you climb at those elevations is you're, there, there's three climbers with a lead guide. Okay. And so we had like, I think there was four sets of that. And so I was, I was tied into a, um, my lead guide. We each had f- uh, 15 foot interval ropes. Okay. I was, my harness was connected to my, to the lead guide and then the, the rope here was attached to the climber behind me. And then one more climber had another rope. You see what I'm doing here? So not only are you climbing, you're having to time out how all four of you are climbing together. You have to climb in tandem at the same pace. Because if you get too close uh, to up here, you can, get your, you can get your gear tangled in the rope in front of you. If you leg behind, you slow down the guy in front of you. So, so there's an added level of like intentionality and focus, right? So I'll never forget, in fact, I have a picture here of the spot that I have this hanging on my wall because I look at it all the time. I'm like, that was like one of those transcendent moments of my life, right? As you can see, uh, this is one of those ladder, uh, ladder bridges there over a crevasse. And in fact, this is me right here, by the way. I got my harness on. Man, I look like I know what I'm doing. I really didn't. I was faking it, but I made it back up and down. Um, but anyway, this is us coming back down the mountain, but coming this way, 
It was about two o'clock in the morning, pitch black, winds blowing, and this thing wasn't that stable. It was kind of doing that. You see what I'm saying right now? So anyways, so we got the ropes and we're, and we're, and we're headed up. I've never done this before. And I'm, and I'm remembering the training that I had and the lead guide was right in front of me. Well, it's in the middle of the night. It's pitch black. We're all tired. And we get to this spot and we got to cross. And I'll never forget, the lead guide go, goes first. And there's, you're past the, I don't think I want to do this anymore stage. You know what I mean? Like you're all in. And I can remember 2 a.m., pitch black, wind's blowing, uh, the thing's doing this number. And he goes, and it's like, he, he does it like every day, it seems like. And I'm like, commit, bro. You know what I mean? So I just, you know, there's little ropes that don't really do anything, but I don't I get for your mind. And I'm, and I'm doing this across the thing, you know? And I'm like, I know that if something goes haywire, this could be really bad. But I remember that I had this thing right here. I had to trust in my equipment and I had to trust in my lead guide, right? And so he goes and I'm, I'm like halfway there. I'm like, I am so tense. I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. And I, we get all the way to the end and I'm literally about to step on to the other side. I'm like, I made it, right? And I, as I'm stepping, all of a sudden I get caught and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And I'm stuck and I'm like, what is going? And I look back and the climber behind me wasn't paying attention and he got my interval uh, rope tied up underneath part of the bridge. So I'm like doing this number. My guide turns around. He's like, come on, come on. And I'm like, ah, I can't. I'm stuck, right? And, and I'll never forget. I said, you, come help me. And he looked back. I'll never forget it. He looked back and said, step two steps back. And I said, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And I'll never forget what he said. He yelled at me. He said, JF, do you trust me? And I said, no. No, I didn't say that. I said, yeah, but can you please come back here and help me do this? He said, no, you got to take two steps back Bend down and undo it yourself. It's the only way. You got to trust me and you got to trust what I have trained you to do. And you know what I did? I just said, no. No, I'm kidding. I, I just, I said, okay. And I, and I just, I actively, see where I'm going with this? I actively trusted in, in my instructor and I just kind of, I don't know how I pulled it off, got it off. And I was able to get, to get across. It's one thing just to trust, to trust what the instructor says, what the prophet says, what God says. It's another thing to actively pursue that trust by stepping out. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I mean, this was like essentially the only way I could like, you know, save myself. I had to do it, but I still had to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so here's Barack, here's Deborah, Barak knows because Deborah hears from God. She's a prophet. She was put there by God. She gives him an instruction and he says, listen, I'll do it, but I need you to come back here. I, come, come back with me first so that we can go together. And Deborah says, that's, 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 that's not what the instruction is. And she says, we're going to overcome this battle, but you're not going to get the glory for it. What, what's in your heart? 
So Israel's army, to carry on with the story, Israel's army does exactly what God commanded. And they're winning big time, so much that the bad guys, the Canaanites, led by Sisera the serpent, they literally run into hiding. And you can read all the details of this portion of the story. But the Canaanites, they, they, they run, begin to run away, and they begin to hide. And their leader, Sisera, runs into uh, the village of a girl named Yael. Now, a couple more details about Yael. She was young, she was married, and her profession was that of a tent maker. Uh, and, and in that ancient world, uh, tent making was one of the lowest of jobs. This was like one of, at the bottom of a profession in that society. She was a tent maker. And Yael's family had made a pact with the Canaanites, with Sisera, that if, they, if the Canaanites, the bad guys, got into a tight situation where they were potentially losing the battle, that, that this family, Yael's family, would hide Sisera and his soldiers. And so there was a pact there. And this is the moment where Yael had, had an opportunity to make a decision. Because as you read, you read that Sisera uh, heads for this village and he's looking for a place to hide and he arrives at the tent of Yael. And now she's got a decision to make. And all of these reasons, I'm sure, popped into her head to not participate in the assignment that God had for her right there, right out of the gate. What, what, what was her profession? What did she do? What was her family's livelihood? Just lowly tent makers. They, they didn't have the credentials to be a part of what was going on with God. They, they hadn't been necessarily called. They, they were at a low level in society. There's, they, 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 they had no training in battle. They didn't fully understand what was going on. They didn't truly realize that they were protecting the enemy. They, they would have had a hundred reasons as to why they couldn't have participated. But here, in the midst of all of this, this young, lowly girl named Yael has a decision to make. And as followers of Jesus, we have decisions to make in regards to responding to what God is calling each and every one of us to do. And I want to just say one thing right now. Maybe you're watching right now. And you say, you know, JF, I don't, I don't have the skill sets or the qualifications or A, B, and C of doing what God has called me to do. I, I, I can guarantee you there's someone watching right now where God has been nudging you to do something. You, you may think it's small, but in his kingdom, nothing is small. When he speaks... When he says something, it is on purpose and it's a, it's a now thing. And so I encourage you to step out, to trust in what he's called you to do, but you've got to actively do it. You've got to take that first step and you have to ask yourself, what is in my heart? Yael, there was something stirring inside. Something was going on. And we call that the Holy Spirit nudging her. So that's the first question. The question you got to ask yourself when you're desiring to walk in all that God has for you, his calling and his blessing. What is in my heart? What does he put there? And I'm willing to trust 
that not only did he put it there, but that he's going to help me walk it out. The second thought and question that you have to ask yourself is, what is in my head? First one, what is in my heart? What is in my head? I want you to know right now, whenever God puts something in your heart, whenever he's called you to do something, when you get that nudge, the enemy is going to put something in your head. I want you to know that. He's going to put something in your head. He's going to give you the list, the laundry list of why you can't do what God is calling you to do. He's going to remind you of who you are in society. He's going to, he's going to say, hey, by the way, here's the list of excuses. Here's the, the, here's the reasons why. Here's the justifications as to why you can't do what he's called you to do. What are the excuses you're making? How are you discounting yourself? How are you disqualifying yourself right now? Yael, in that moment, I guarantee you that happened to her. The excuses begin to pop up. The reasons for why she couldn't do it. Just a lowly tent maker. That's her family heritage. She's looked at here uh, in the echo, uh, the, the, the economic society that she finds herself in, in that ancient world. She's a woman. All of the reasons why she can't. But something takes place where the heart begins to overcome the head. And that is what we're called to do as believers. In the moments where the enemy begins to attack us between the ears, we have to not rely on our own strength, not try to white knuckle it out, but we got to call on the Lord. We got to ask the Holy Spirit to replace those inferior thoughts, to replace those um, uh, lies from the enemy that say that you're disqualified, that you're too old, that because of your gender or your culture or whoever you are, because of the place that you find yourself in society, that, hey, listen, you can't do that. In those moments, because, hey, I'll join you in that. He comes at, he comes at, uh, at me with that stuff. You gotta stop and say, no, these are lies. Holy Spirit, replace those lies with your supernatural encouragement, your reminder of how you see me. In the image of God. What is in my heart? What is in my head? You gotta, you gotta ask yourself that in this third one. And I'm gonna spend a minute here on this one. And that is what, what's in my hands? What's in my hands? Have you ever read scripture and wondered what the heck that looks like in real life? Like, have you ever read a passage of scripture and said, I like what that says, but... First of all, I need to understand more of what that means and what that looks like and how to apply that in my own life. I, I've done that so many times. And there's a, if you've been a Christian for a minute, if you've been in church for five minutes, you probably know this passage of scripture out of the book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 30. This is what it says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength, with all your strength. And I used to love that, that word strength in that passage of scripture. It was like, ah, I'm just gonna love God with all my strength. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, like, all my love, all my strength. And as I was reading that passage again this week, I thought about this group that, traveled all over America in the 80s and 90s when I was a kid. 
And they had a unique way of evangelizing, if you will, that involved their physical strength. And they were referred to and known as the power team. Maybe you have a picture there. Yep, that's them right there. The, the power team. The world's greatest exhibition of power, strength, speed, inspiration, and motivation. And let me tell you, uh, as a nine-year-old addicted to the WWF uh, and fake wrestling, I'm telling you, this went, this went hand in hand with everything that I loved. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I can go on and on and on. Big Boss Man. Are we just going to rattle off just 100 different wrestlers? Uh, but man, it was like, not only, not only, man, could I like, you know, love wrestling, but I could like love Christian wrestling. You know what I mean? It was like awesome. And then I found out that these guys were coming to my church. And it was like, it's going to be awesome because we're all going to show up on a Friday night and the power team is going to be, I mean, it was just like, ah, John Jacobs, you know what I mean? These guys were huge, right? And what they did was they would like, they would set the whole stages up with like, you know, big gigantic pieces of like ice stacked on each other. And, and, and they would like, they would like, you know what I'm saying? They like, they like, they like break them with their, with their, and you know, like, ah, and they'd, and they'd break them and the whole place would, ah, they'd go nuts. And, and I remember the John Jacobs, he was like the lead power team guy. He would yell on the mic, help him. And that was the cue for all of us wrestling fans, right? To, to cheer, ah, God, give him the strength, right? You can do it, God, he needs you, God. I can remember being like nine years old, I'm like, Holy Spirit, help him break the ice. You know what I mean? I, I'm serious, you know? And it was like, yeah, you, ah, you break through it, ah. And then everybody in the whole church would get saved. It was just a, it was an amazing thing. And reflecting back now as an almost 40-year-old adult, I was like, what was the message in all of that? And in fact, I, I texted my, my buddy Blue. I was like, man, he was like, I don't know, but man, it was anointed. That's, a, that's all that matters, right? And seriously, though, I mean, it was cool. John, they would do all, they would, they would uh, the bars in their mouth, they, ah, they'd blow up uh, those water bottles and then they would like tear, you know, uh, you know, phone books. But, but what was cool about the whole thing at the end, you know, these guys would get up and share their testimony. It, it was a very cool evangelistic uh, tool. But I can remember that as a kid. And I would like, and I would connect these scriptures to it, right? I love the Lord your God with all your strength. You know what I mean? And break the ice. Or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ah, right? I, I remember I was a part of this uh, it was a Christian karate school. It was awesome. And we had these, like, these writings all over the dojo. I can do all things through. Now break the boards. Ah! Right? And it's just, and, and maybe when you hear that word strength, as it's connected, it's connected to the scriptures here. Maybe that's kind of the thoughts you have. Like, man, I'm going to love God with, with all the strength inside of me. But if you peel back the layers of that word strength, in the ancient text, the word strength really refers more to resources. It has a lot more to do with the things that God has already equipped you with. So when Jesus says, 
love the Lord your God with all your strength, what he's saying here is everything that you have access to, everything that he's already given you. I guess if you're, you know, a bodybuilder, yeah, use that strength. But if you're like JF and you're not, there's strengths that he's given me. And Jesus says, I want you to love me with those things, right? I want you to love the heavenly father with everything that you are, your strength, your resources. What is it? The thing that is already in your hands. God wants you to love and serve him with what you already have. And here's Yael, this young tent maker as the band comes back. She has this decision to make. Was she going to allow her thoughts of inadequacy disqualify her or would she use what was what was already in her hands because this young woman had so much strength she already had the resources she was ready to go let's go back to the text judges 4 verse 18 now this is the stranger part of the story and i think this is why my wife likes it verse 18 Yael went out to meet Sisera, the serpent, and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. Verse 19, I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. Verse 21, this gets wacky. But Yael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg picked up a tent peg and a hammer. Now, wait a second. She went, she went to military academy, right? She had all these skill sets in combat and weaponry, right? Scripture says that she took a tent peg and a hammer. What are we talking about here? What's already in your hand? What are we talking about here? She was using the strength that she already had the skill sets of building tents passed down from her parents, from her ancestors. And in that moment, she had a decision to make. Am I going to actively trust what God has called me to do? She invites the enemy into the tent and she looks around and realizes, I, I gotta do what I'm called to do. And she didn't Google hand-to-hand -hand combat. She grabbed the thing that she already was familiar with, the tent peg and the hammer. And look what scripture says, and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. And here it is. And she drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. Uh, parents, I hope your kids didn't see this part. 
And here's what happened. The leader of that Canaanite army, Sisera, is killed in that moment. And due to this young woman named Yael's obedience, due to her trust, not just any trust, her active trust, due to the thing that God had placed in her heart, due to her overcoming the lies from the enemy, the things that got between her ears in her head, she took what was in her hand and because of she actively did what she was called to do, Israel won that entire war because of a young girl simply obeying and using what God had placed in her hand. What's in your hand? What has God given you? <laughs> what has he already resourced you with? What is that strength? Man, I could spend all afternoon talking about different strengths that people just even in our church that God has given, the gifts of communication, the gifts of love and empathy, the gifts of, of financial resources, the gifts of teaching, uh, the, the gifts of encouragement. Man, we have, we have uh, uh, folks in our church that you just get around them. I can be in the worst mood. I, I, can, I can be all, you know, in a, in a, and, and all of a sudden they, they start talking and it's like this whole, it's like, like this weight is lifted off of me just because of the way they interact. I'm telling you, these are strengths. Use what's in your hand. In fact, these strengths will, will propel you forward to overcoming every obstacle that you have. And here's what I want you to see as we close. It goes even deeper than that. We talked about the power of names. Sisera, serpent, Barak, lightning, Deborah, honeybee, Yael's name, Yael's name means Yahweh is God. Yahweh is God. Now th think of the imagery. Think of the picture. Genesis 3.15, Yahweh is God and he crushes the head of the serpent. See, God is intentional with everything he does. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly who he's calling and what he's calling them to do, including you. And so today, if we are willing to be used of God, when we're willing to use what is in our hands for Him, not only are we accomplishing that assignment in that moment in real time, we are fulfilling prophecy and proclaiming to the whole world that Yahweh is God and He crushes the head of the serpent under His heal. Now, if you're looking for some motivation today, let it be so. You can walk that out in your own life, but it requires, it requires response to what God is calling you to do. What is, what's in my heart? Maybe he said something to you 25 years ago and you've been avoiding that assignment, that whisper. What is in my head? What is in your head? Why have you disqualified yourself? Why have you allowed human beings, voices, the enemy, to disqualify you, discount you, say that you can't do it? I encourage you today 
to not only make the decision to walk out, to respond, to obey what he's called you to do, but to utilize the strengths, the resources, that thing, those things that are already in your hands. Maybe that represents people. Maybe you have the gift of mobilization. Maybe you can get people with other strengths to help you accomplish what God's called you to do. That's essentially how I've lived my whole life, by the way. <laughs> like, like, I know what my weaknesses are. I also know what my strengths are. And I know what God's called me to do is going to require a lot of people with different skill sets and giftings. And let me tell you, that's the way that we're supposed to do it. It's called the kingdom. He always supplies. And so today, the first, the first action step is understanding what is already there in your heart. Or if you don't know, you don't have clarity on that, you can ask him right now, God, what are you, call, what are you calling me to do? This is, by the way, I always try to reiterate, this isn't about uh, a career or maybe, this isn't about a complete life-altering thing when it involves your employment. I'm talking about where you're at right now in your life. What can you do? What can you do to be a light, <clears throat> to continue to be the action components within the kingdom? He's called each and every one of us to do it. And I'm grateful <clears throat> that he's called us to do it together. Come on, let me pray for you today. <clears throat> wherever you're watching from. Maybe you just want to close your eyes. Maybe that's, you say, Pastor, that's impossible. I've got nine kids running around. That's okay. Keep them open. <laughs> Turn the volume up a little bit more. <laughs> just, 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 just take a moment. And maybe in this moment, you're reflecting on what God's nudged you to do. Maybe you're already doing it. That's another cool part. Maybe you're already walking out what he's been asking of you. And so today you're just meditating and reflecting on what he's called you to do in your walk with him. Maybe, you, maybe you're a contractor. Maybe you're a, uh, a school teacher. Maybe you sell insurance. Maybe you're uh, in the medical world. It's amazing how the Lord opens avenues and doors through our different spheres to do his work. And so maybe, maybe you're a stay-at-home dad and you take care of kids while your spouse, your wife works and you've been trying to figure out what does this look like for me in this season right now as I raise my children? What does it look like to lead them in the ways of the Lord? What does it look like to connect with other, other dads that are in the same vein of life right now? How can we get to, I mean, there's so many, there's so many opportunities and so, so many different ways. So maybe you just want to reflect on that thing that he's placed in your heart. Maybe you're in the ministry, I, I don't know. Maybe you're a student and you're having to make a decision as to what your future looks like and you've been praying about it and you felt like the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, I, I encourage you, maybe write that down today. Maybe, maybe share that with somebody in your small group. Maybe express that to your parents or one of your mentors in your life. Maybe, maybe you're in student nation and, and you need to like 
text Pastor Jordan this afternoon and say, I feel like, I feel like God's called me to do this. This is what I'm supposed to do. It's that first step. It's that active trust in what he's called you to do. Maybe today you've been, you've been disqualifying yourself. You've been coming up with reasons as to why you can't. There's, all kind, there's excuses for everything, man. There's justifications for literally every, every decision you're about to make as to why you can't. And so I, I, maybe, maybe today you're, you're there and you're like, Jay, pray for me because in between my ears, in my head, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to pursue. The enemy gets between my head and, and shuts down the dream that God's put there. Maybe you're here today and uh, you're ready to go, but you've been waiting until you had everything that you quote unquote needed to do what he's called you to do. Man, I, have, I'm a, I am a victim of that in my life at times. Maybe today you need to do a little inventory of the strengths, the resources, the people, the community, your church. Maybe that's where you're at, where you just say, Lord, just bring to my attention the strengths, the resources, the thing that's already in my hand that I can lay at your feet that will enable me to walk out what you call me to do. Wherever you're at on that, Lord, I pray for every one of my friends watching right now. God, I know I can just sense it right now that you're speaking to somebody in their living room right now. You're speaking to somebody through their smartphone as they're, they're in between their, their shifts. They're on, a, they're on a break somewhere, Lord God. I, I know, I know, Lord God, that when you speak, it's clear, it's intentional, and it's for a purpose. It's for your kingdom. God, we're honored. We're humbled. We're overwhelmed to think that you have called us to represent you. To, your word says to be your hands and to be your feet. So God, we just step into that right now, Lord God. There's, there's things you've placed in my heart that I've got to express to others as to what you've called me to do. I pray that for every one of my friends that are watching right now, Lord God. I pray for those that are wanting to pursue what you call them to do, but they've been, ah, I don't have the money or the resources or the education or, or the wherewithal or the internet skills or all of the different things. God, I pray right now that you would show them. Maybe you've already been doing that, God, but show them clearly as to what it is they have in their hand right now. Like Yael, this young, lowly in society, this tent maker, this woman in that ancient world. God, you showed her what she had and she went on to be the catalyst for overtaking that war. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for every story, whether they're stories that we're familiar with, whether they're strange stories. God, today we apply this word from Judges 4 and Judges 5 to our lives. God, may we go now and be doers of what we've read in your word, Lord God, promoting your kingdom. God, I thank you for all you're doing in this community, Lord God. I'm grateful for every house of worship that lifts up the name of Jesus and, and loves and serves its neighbors, Lord God. I thank you for the, all the, the many pastors and leaders in this community that I'm in relationship with, that I've been in contact with the last several weeks. And 
all that you're doing, Lord God. Some, uh, some congregations have different strengths than others. So Lord God, I thank you that you've brought us all together, mobilized churches all over this community to do what you've called us to do. God, I pray you bless every one of my friends watching right now. Simple fact that they're just tuned in right now. Lord God, I thank you for them. God, I thank you for their heart. And God, we just pray that you would have your way in this unique season that we find ourselves, Lord Jesus. God, I just want to take a minute. I know it's maybe a little off subject, but God, as we move closer to this next month of November where we're going to be electing a new president, God, our prayer is that you would have your way. Lord God, your word is clear that you, you put leaders in position. So Lord God, we're just going to trust that your word is true. We're just going to rest in knowing that you have a plan. And so God, I pray right now, this is my prayer for every person watching right now who's in this washing machine of, of, of media and election and talking heads. God, I pray that you would give us all peace about this, Lord God. That you would give, bring peace to our nation, our cities, Lord God, the unrest, that it would stop. God, we pray that you would protect every person in our community. And Lord Jesus, may we be a light. Those of us who say that we're followers of Jesus, may every action that we partake in, may it reflect you. Every conversation that we find ourselves in, every post that we write down through our social media platforms, May it be God-breathed, meaning may your Holy Spirit direct the decisions we're making. Because ultimately, it's all about directing people to the heart of God. And God, you called us to do that. So I bless every friend watching right now. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.